Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Another day, another dollar. Markets hit an all-time high yesterday. Markets hit an all-time high today. It doesn't always go this well. It doesn't always go this smoothly. Last year in the fourth quarter, Things look like we were heading towards a bear market. Kind of turned the corner, though. Joining me now to talk a little bit about markets all-time high, CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. How are you, Mr. Burton? Doing well, doing well. How about you? Doing well. Now, again, yesterday I looked at my portfolio, my e-money, and I said, woohoo, all-time high, took a picture shot, uh, posted it with my password, uh, puppy puppy123. Uh, I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> puppy, puppy, kid's name, kid's name, wife's name, date of birth. There you go. I heard you go crazy on passwords one day, so I thought I'd pick on you. Um, I know, I know. I heard you. <laughs> anyway, all-time high. It feels good. Should I gloat? Should I move on? Well, I'll move on. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, though. I mean, we've had quite a run since June 1st, if you think about it, because you know, the market is up over 20% year-to-date. And when you hear that number, that's from January. When you ever hear the term year-to-date or YTD, it's always for referring from January 1st to now. Um, but if we look back one full year, when we were sitting at the end of May, the market was actually flat for a year. So like right around June 1st, you're looking back 12 months, your one-year return on the S&P 500 was zero. Okay. Um, and then we started having a whole bunch of earnings revisions showing that, okay, the earnings reports are going to come in showing negative results, so a decline in earnings on a year-over-year basis from um, you know this time last year. And so it kind of made sense that the market was sitting flat, yet boom, you know, here we are. We, we, we moved from June up, you know, I don't know, what, 12% or so okay. at that point in time, um, even though earnings are coming in as a blend slightly negative. You've got like three sectors doing really well, three sectors doing really bad, and the rest are kind of flat. Because everybody's recovering from this tax cut, right? And the comparables the prior year. But, I mean, look, it's, there's this idea that Milton Friedman came out with this economic model called the plucking model back in 1964. And it, it's, the idea is that the economy is like a string on a musical instrument. Recessions are negative events that pull the string down, and then it bounces back. So the harder you pull or the worse the recession or the negative event is the longer and harder the bounce back. And so that's kind of come true. We had that big correction last year. Technically, it wasn't a bear market for the S&P. I still call it one because small caps were down you know, 25% or so. But it all bounced back. And the big bounce back that's occurred since the top of the market in 2007, it makes sense that the recovery, the upswing is much longer and harder than previous ones because... The, the Great Recession was tough. I mean, you and I both lived through it. We, the tech correction was nothing, right, compared to 
the Great Recession where all asset classes fell. Tech correction, it was like, okay, real estate, small cap value, bonds, some international value, we're all doing fine. It was the tech stocks that got hammered. When it was the Great Recession, everything came down, and now we've had this great recovery. And that's okay because you're going to spend 70% of your time at market all-time highs and because the market's positive seven out of every 10 years on average when you look back 20, 30 years. So retirees should rejoice on this nice upswing. But also, what should you be doing? Well, you got to have your three years worth of portfolio draws in cash if you're in retirement. So it's a great time when you look at a run-up like this, 12-plus percent since June 1st. They say, how much cash did I spend? And maybe you should peel off some gains and replenish that cash so you're always preparing. Chad, I got an email, and let me just mention we do have a big event coming up Thursday, November 14th, 6.30 to 8.30, Doubletree by Hilton Hotel. It's in uh, on Airport Boulevard. It's super easy to get to. It's all about income and retirement, portfolios and retirement, accumulation, social security strategies, good products, bad products. I did, I did get an email. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Plus, there's a lot of good downloads there. But I want to hit this email because it ties into what we're talking about. Michelle sent an email this morning saying, stop being so negative about getting to retirement. You're not going to get listeners that way. Why not help people that need help? You just said we're at an all-time high, and yet all the studies, all the Fidelity stuff, all the USA Today articles, all the, the polls say Americans aren't ready for retirement. Yeah, I mean, you see anywhere from basically 65 to 70% of baby boomers are not prepared to retire at 65. Um, so, I mean, we just talked about it. I think I just talked about it on the morning show where, you know, if you get to that point, you're 40, 50 years old and you haven't started saving yet, stop going out and looking for trading seminars and, you know, the next great stock to buy, the best fund manager to buy, and, you know, some crazy real estate deal. Your investment should be in your training. You should say, okay, I realize that now that I'm going to have to work till I'm like 75 years old. And I don't have enough extra cash flow to save and live in the Bay Area. So what should I invest in? Some, a way to get into a different line of business, right? Some other training that you can get into so that your body can handle working 70, 75 years old, which is not a big deal. Um, you know, that's still young now, right? I mean, people are living until they're over 100 years old in retirement. So invest in your biggest asset, and that's your ability to earn money. Um, and then make better decisions. I mean, I just hammer on people all the time that I know make less and they drive much better cars, they take way better vacations, um, they drink much more expensive coffee, and so sometimes it's about personal choices, too. So I get what she's saying, though. Sometimes we kind of joke about it maybe a little bit too much and and depress people, but it's kind of meant to open people's eyes more than anything else. What do you think about about a man being killed in a Maryland Popeyes in a fight for a popular chicken sandwich? Oh man, it's uh, like Christmas at Walmart's come early, I guess. And that's, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Didn't you so, hear about that one yet? Yeah, it's it's all over the news. Um, so people can get a contact of your podcast. Um, by going to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. They can subscribe for it there, but they could also get signed up for the seminar at uh, under events at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25. We've got about 22 minutes left. Is there anything else we need to hit on? Well, again, you know, we 
we can always celebrate. Like seventy percent of the time, these market all time highs, but the market is is up a lot since June. So looking at portfolios to rebalance, great idea. Um, and and there's pockets right now. So there's been over the last month, um, and I don't make investment decisions, major ones over a month period of time, but I've been talking a lot about the difference between value and momentum based investing. And over the last month, value stocks are up 8%. Momentum stocks are flat. So you're starting to see that rotation occur. And also, emerging markets and international is up about 2.5% more than the S&P 500 over the last month or so um, on this, this bump up. So it's a great time to just look at everything. You're towards the end of the year. Tax issues, rebalancing issues, it's a good time to review. How about that? We're towards the end of the year again. Crazy how fast time goes. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. You can come meet him in person uh, at the event. It's going to be coming up a couple Thursdays from now, Thursday, the 14th of November. It's the last event of the year. It's a good event to get your head on straight for 2020, minimizing taxes, transitioning your portfolio, accumulation, income, retirement strategies, uh, 401k, how to draw down. These are all big questions. And we churn 50 times running out, so it's it's time to get in sooner than later. See New Focus Financial in Burlingame at the Doubletree by Hilton, Thursday, 6.30, last event of the year. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Thanks, Chad. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money investing and more. Uber stock takes a hit. More people can sell the stock tomorrow. A friend of mine works for the company and he's not exactly shy. I would refer to him as a braggart. Um, and he would probably can call himself a braggart, but Uber beat Wall Street expectations, and he goes, "I wonder how it's going to do when the insiders get to sell." The IPO lockup agreement is set to expire tomorrow, meaning that early investors can sell their shares. That's the first day that I become interested in Uber. I get it. I get the great technology. I get it. I wanted to wait till the same exact thing could happen with Facebook. But it dipped 50% from its IPO quickly. When we get 84% more float of CEOs who want a boat, my friend bought a $200,000 McLaren. I, I, I get it. You know, he... Every weekend he was in India or Brussels, and I was like, where, where exactly is Brussels? And, you know, I would just play along as stupid because I, I wasn't living his jet-setting lifestyle. So he deserved it. He earned it. He's probably one of those guys that got a bazillion airplane miles. But uh, he's like, my team, my team, my team. And uh, he's going to sell. I get it. Growth investors tend to put up put more weight on volume-led growth rather than pricing-led growth. Though revenue beat expectations driven by revenue per trip. Um, 26% growth in monthly active platform consumers and 31% growth in rides is still pretty solid for their quarter. There's some stuff to like, but I don't like how much money they're losing. And I don't like the fact that the insiders can sell today. One of those flags tomorrow, one of those flags will be taken out. One of the negatives will be taken out. Does that mean I'm going to be a buyer? No. 
Rockstar Games announced that Red Dead Redemption 2 is now available for the PC. A lot of Americans calling in sick today. Oh, no, that's not the case. Uh, but when it came out, a lot of people called in sick and played it for a week straight. That used to happen with Madden, where they'd be like, okay, don't call in sick on Thursday when Madden gets released. We all know what you're up to. Some guys are just that needy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. So today we're talking a little bit about Uber's insiders getting that chance to sell the lockup period. Shake Shack stock is plunging on disappointing sales outlook. In the end, they make a burger. That's not hey, – I'll still go with McDonald's. I don't own McDonald's, but I would still go with a McDonald's over a Shake Shack. I get it. It's great. In-N-Out Burger's better. I, I get it. Maybe the only company I would really be interested in if it IPO'd were Chick-fil-A. For some reason, that is operating like a church. People are fanatical about it. Peloton stock falls. Investors are worrying over bigger than expected losses. To me, kind of glorified physical equipment that has a social component, but let's not call it a social networking stock. Investors should beef up on Beyond Meat stock. That's an article that was in research. Bernstein wrote, beefing up on Beyond Meat stock. Basically, the analyst said, it's time to beef up. I know you're, you know, you're saying beef up, beyond mead, plant-based. I get it. But the upgrade appears more about the recent price declines rather than any change in business fundamentals. Price target's $106. It's about an $85 stock right now. In early October, Beyond Meat was a $150 stock, and it fell to $100 ahead of the IPO lockup, which ties back into what we just talked about, Uber insider selling. And in early October, insiders from Beyond Meat were allowed to sell. Honey, you've been working the last three straight years trying to make plant-based meats. I've never seen you. We've never gone on vacation. Let's go on vacation now that you got that lockup and that big cash is coming. There's high hopes coming down the road in 2024 McDonald's partnership. McDonald's is testing the Beyond Burger in southern Ontario, Canada. Take off, you hosers! And if that expands beyond Ontario, which it's not certain to do, you would see the stock get a major pop on that news. A large rollout of McDonald's. Take off. Very funny comedy team of Bob and Doug McKenzie. Uh, a large rollout at McDonald's would mean hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. So that would generate $460 million in 2020. Right now, Beyond Meat's products are available in 58,000 locations. McDonald's has more than 14,000 outlets in the U.S. and 36,000 worldwide. So you can see it would almost double their worldwide outlets. Now, again, there's no guarantee it could go lower before it goes higher. But there's been a shakeout, and the insiders are already had their heyday, so to speak. Competition's going to be real. When you're the only person making plant-based peas into yummy, delicious burgers that look like burgers, that bleed like burgers, that almost taste like burgers, which, again, once you put ketchup and mayonnaise and lettuce on it, it's kind of a ketchup mayonnaise. It's, it, it's, it is what it is, right? 
it's going to take off if they get this McDonald's deal. So again, I'm looking for a deal in 2020. Do I own the stock? No, I'm not allowed to buy it if I talk about it on air for three days. I can't buy it for three days. But you get the idea of that's what I'm looking at. That's not what I'm doing. It's what I'm looking at. You'll never know what I'm doing, nor should you. We're two very different types of investors. Markets are running on a very positive spin cycle right now. Spin of the news, it's positive with China. Spin of the news, it's positive with the Federal Reserve. Spin on the news of uh, earnings season. We're spinning it to what we like. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame. People say I don't get up north very often. I'm returning to the north. The Lords of the North will get to entertain with the Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar in Burlingame, Thursday, November 14th at the Doubletree. Taxes in retirement, portfolios in retirement, income in retirement, Social Security strategies, measuring risk, super important. What annuities are okay? Which ones are horrific? You can sign up at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Super excited, super stoked to talk to Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, yesterday we hit an all-time high. This morning we hit an all-time high. Does that make your job easier or tougher, would you say? <laughs> um, you know, it, it makes it uh, challenging um, okay. because, obviously, it invites the, you know, the uh, lot more questions of, you know, what's next and, you know, what do you do and uh, can you trust, you know, this type of move. And so, uh, so you have to take into account a lot of moving parts and, um, <clears throat> and obviously, try to distill that into a cohesive viewpoint that, um People can um, can work off of you know, and uh, in our best judgment right now, um, you know, we do think that the market is is set up here for a, a reasonably good uh, end of the year um, because, uh, and that that's assuming uh, that the trade dealings don't ultimately turn into the Grinch who stole Christmas. <laughs> right. So we got the trade negotiations that. For better, for worse, and I hate saying it, it looks like they're moving forward slowly and positively. Then we get the Fed, who looks like they're going to stay on the sideline for the foreseeable future or be accommodative. Those are two very positive catalysts going to 2020. Um, is that all we're really working on? Maybe the Are people chasing the market right now? Is there anything else that's keeping us uh, pushing higher? Well, Rob, you're touching on uh, on several key things, I think, here, and and are uh, also kind of form this judgment of ours that you know we think the market is set up for a reasonably good end to the year because you know first and foremost you do have a Fed that told us last week that they're not going to be running any interference anytime soon by raising interest rates, right? So, you know, for a market that has feasted on the persistence of low interest rates and a persistently accommodative uh, Federal Reserve, uh, that was an early Christmas gift, right? Um, you, uh, in turn, have what appear to sound like uh, reasonably good uh, trade uh, 
uh, developments toward reaching this, you know, ballyhooed phase one deal, uh, that's also improved sentiment. But uh, and then you have a market that is really uh, starting to, uh, you know, embrace this idea that the the growth outlook, uh, you know, moving ahead is going to be better than than what it was feared to be, and that's why you're starting to see or have been seeing the outperformance of the cyclical sectors this week. And then finally, um, you have a market that uh, is at a record high in the face of a whole lot of negatives, and that resilience is uh, apt to, uh, you know, lead to some performance chasing, as you allude to, into year end on the part of underperforming money managers who have, uh, who've you know, taken to the sidelines for the most part or, or have not chosen to be overweight this market, uh, given all those negatives, and yet, uh, the, you know, the market is uh, running away from them at this point. I don't know what portion of my portfolio is in indexes versus stocks. I should actually know that, but it's been a pretty good year, and I feel like um, I feel smart for not jumping out of the market. If that makes any sense, because there's always excuses to jump out. There's always reasons, and whether it's the presidency or the international markets or Russia or oil, uh, there's something to be said to kind of like stay afloat and just go with the flow and maybe be an index. Um, it's pretty good times, right? Well, it is. I mean, you know, you, you, you certainly have, uh, you know, of course, this argument of like, you know, where else are you going to go to get return, right? Um, okay. You know, and and the Fed is been feeding that mentality here, right? And, and that, um, you know, that, that thinking works, I think, uh, reasonably well, so long as you don't see a, a major deterioration in economic data that pretty much uh, destroys, you know, future earnings prospects. And, uh, and that's, you know, we haven't seen that, right? There's, there's certainly a slowdown uh, that has unfolded, but, uh, but with the consumer still in reasonably good shape, you know, and the economy growing at a, a moderate pace here, uh, the market is, is sort of just continuing to ride that uh, policy put and, uh, and recognizes that if it wants to get return, it has to, um, you know, essentially be invested in the stock market. And so, you know, one thing that uh, we do have to be careful about, though, and uh, was something I talked about in my big picture column I posted on Friday was, you know, while the makings are there for a, a year-end rally, um, you could jump into a euphoric stage based on the Fed's actions. You know, when the Fed's saying, we're not going to run any interference, then you kind of, you know, can get into this mode of like, well, what do we have to, to fear, right? And so you get the performance chase, you get this, uh, this fear of missing out on that next leg higher, and you can see, you know, some parabolic moves that you know, ultimately lead to bad things down the road. So we want to be careful about that. And, you know, if you get into a period where you have some really uh, fast multiple expansion, um, you know, uh, you could you could see the market then, you know, move into a corrective stage. But um, you're not there yet, um, but it is a risk factor that's out there knowing that um, <clears throat> that the market doesn't seemingly have to fear the Federal Reserve at this point. It's pretty interesting because, we go back in time, 25 years, and I were to say the 10-year Treasury would be around 1.8%. I would think there'd be calamity. And yet, I'm looking at my portfolio, and it's at an all-time high, and I'll take it. Um, sure. good, thing I don't, good thing I don't own Uber and Shake Shack, though. Two IPOs in the last couple of years, kind of sexy plays. What are your thoughts on their earnings reports and their aftermarket performance? 
Well, in the case of Uber, you know, there were no earnings, right? Fair. So, uh, and that is the, I think that's really the issue. And, and what we're seeing here, we are seeing a market in what I think is a constructive thing, uh, be more discriminating about, uh, about income statements and the lack of profitability uh, in, in some of these companies that are obviously putting up some pretty good revenue growth. But at the end of the day, you want, you know, you want profits. And, uh, you know, and Uber doesn't have that. And, um, you know, in the case of Shake Shack, it does. But um, Shake Shack was a, uh, has been a very popular uh, story stock in a way, right? It traded at a, at a very rich premium um, because of the strong growth it had been putting up. And, uh, and unfortunately, it kind of uh, failed to deliver on the highest of growth expectations by cutting its, um, uh, its operating margin guidance and also its what it calls same shack uh, sales guidance for, for 2019. <laughs> and they weren't, you know, significant cuts in and of themselves, but it's the idea that it, it suggests to investors that um, perhaps growth won't be as strong as, as it has been in the past, and therefore you're seeing a valuation reset as a result of that, and, and it's paying a very heavy price, um, you know, having delivered this sort of slower growth message uh, at a time when the market has been more discriminating about uh, companies and growth stocks in particular trading at rich valuations. So let me ask you an easy one as we get down to the final two, three minutes. Is there anything that you're working on right now that we should be focused in on, positive or negative, economic or fundamental? Anything that you're putting together as a future thought as we move towards the end of the year? Well, you know, I'm just I was starting to think about this, uh, you know, this idea that, um, you know, if we get into a mode here where uh, where the economic data f- uh, for the U.S. Does, continues to pull through very well, uh, and and the market uh, can get through uh, this year without any major disruption on the trade front, um, you you could start to see a more meaningful embrace of the of the value trade, right? Which um, you know you have a lot of stocks that have. Um, uh, fallen out of favor or simply have been you know bypassed in favor of these growth stocks at a time when the market was thinking that you weren't going to get any growth at all and uh, but if but if there's a real uh, inflection point in terms of the market's mindset and it really does believe that you're going to get stronger growth in 2020 and beyond, um, you might be able to see a stronger rotation uh, play into the, some of those uh, areas with less demanding valuations that have kind of been left behind in the, in the growth stock rally. Well, I'm super stoked to talk to you in 2020. I know it's not there yet, but we've had a good year, and we'll see if we melt up from here or melt down a little bit as the final two months play out. Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick Thank O'Hare. Absolutely. Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I start my morning every day with him. It sounds weird. It's something my spouse should know, right? I'm not having breakfast with him, no, but I start my 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 trek. It's the page one from briefing.com. I think he's an outstanding guest. I've worked with him for 20 plus years. Uh, never met him face to face. I hope to make that uh, a thing of the past at some point in time. You can find out more about briefing.com by going to briefing.com. A uh, great source of both international and domestic uh, strategies and insights into the economies and businesses of the world. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, markets started off in record territory. It looks like we should have a pause that refreshes, maybe. I don't know. We're getting out of earnings season. We already have the good news that the phase one deal is being structured. 
We already have the Federal Reserve saying, we're on your side. We're not going to do anything for the foreseeable future. What's the next catalyst? Wall Street loves a good catalyst. Is it earnings? Well, we're out of earnings. Now we're moving into the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter of last year was a little bit disappointing. Maybe that brings up some fresh wounds. Shake Shack, by the way, has a Grubhub problem. Do you remember when you were sitting around one day and you're like, well, what can I, what can I have for dinner? And you look in your fridge, nothing there. You're like, well, maybe I go to a quick service restaurant like a Shake Shack. Or maybe a fast food like a Shake Shack. Or a quick service restaurant like the local bar and sports uh, pub. Then you're like, no, no, let's just have Grubhub bring it. Shake Shack blamed transitioning to delivery exclusively through Grubhub as reason for softer-than-expected sales. After years of refusing to partner with a third-party aggregator, Shake Shack announced that it would partner with Grubhub to offer delivery to customers in August. They've worked with Postmates, DoorDash, Caviar. They decided solely with Grubhub. There's too many players in this space. But it's also shaking up fast food in a good way maybe i'm rob black talking all things financial don't forget there's another hour of today's show to listen to find it now at kdow.biz or on the kdow radio app so uber's down peloton's down that's worthy of note in my book Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The IPOs aren't necessarily working. Adobe Systems is higher. Adobe, who makes Illustrator, Audition, a whole creative suite of products, that they moved from the they moved into a subscription model, and Wall Street loves subscription models. So that's out there as a big story of the day. The overall markets hit an all-time high yesterday, opened an all-time high today, and then immediately took a, wait, 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 wait. Let's take a look at things, which is interesting, and I I, I acknowledge that. Maybe today is the day where we don't close at an all-time high, Uh, but we played with one, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Kroger rises its 2020 profit forecast top expectations. Kroger's a grocery store. Still going to need groceries, although, wait, maybe Amazon will deliver them to us. Shake Shack has a Grubhub problem of we're getting more and more stuff delivered. Do we really want to settle for fast food delivered? And will fast food delivery eat away from their their core audience? Because it's not just fast food. It's quick service restaurants. It's, it's a lot of food that's being delivered now, high-end uh, best restaurant in town will deliver a steak to you, no problem. Uh, so Shake Shack has a bit of a uh, people-going-out problem, kind of like Domino's has a bit of a problem where they used to be the only game on Friday nights. You'd get home, and this is much more of an East Coast thing than a California thing. you get home on Friday, and it's like, I work five days a week, take this job and shove it. What do we have for dinner tonight, honey? Let's order pizza. Let's stay in. Domino's will cook. It's, it was more of a, a thing there, but now anyone will deliver. So I just want you to be honest with yourself. You know, a CVS is a great business. They sell a lot of goods that you don't really have to have. They rarely have sales, and they have pharmaceuticals that you'll come in and buy a lot of stuff that you don't typically need. 
right? But then Amazon's like, well, we'll deliver pills to your house. Whoa. So you have to be honest with yourself. Things do change. Boeing chairman backs the CEO, says 737 MAX may not make full return until 2021. Holy mackerel! When did that happen, right? Weren't we supposed to get it done by the end of summer, by the start of winter, definitely before the new year? And now they're talking maybe not until next calendar, 2021. That's pretty unstunning. They're committed to doing the right thing. And that just tells me, don't expect it to come back anytime soon. So Wall Street knows that. Shares were up. Because Wall Street's now starting to get the idea, okay, we can't count on it, but maybe if it comes back sooner than later, it's a surprise. I don't know if that makes sense to you, and I don't know if it's the total truth, because we don't know how it plays out. Microchips can report numbers tonight. We're still in earnings season, but it's not quite as, how shall we say, heavy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Lyft's co-founders, Logan Green and John Zimmer, declared to analysts that they expect the company to be profitable on an EBITDA basis by fourth quarter 2021. That goal was reiterated when they came out with their earnings last week. Now, Uber comes right after them, not wanting to be outdone. They said they expect to be EBITDA basis profitable in 2021. So they both are kind of like playing off each other. Now, EBITDA is a funky, I wish I could curse on this show. It's a funky term. It means earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, and amortization. So it's kind of like fantasy earnings, right? Uber's ride-sharing segment continues to make significant strides on a profitability basis due to the improving pricing environment and the fact that they're not competing with each other. They're not doing massive discounts right now. Uber sacrificed some growth for stronger pricing. Wall Street likes that. They had their trips slow, but the gross margins improve. Gross margins aren't so gross. Gross margins aren't so gross. What's that That puffy thing that's oozing pus? Oh, it's my gross margins. That's gross. No, gross margins aren't that gross. Today, we get a lot of Fed speak. Wah, wah. Fed speak, uh, Kaplan, he's speaking about 40 minutes. Evans is going to speak tomorrow at 5 in the morning, Eastern Time, 8 a.m. And then another speaker, Williams, is going to speak tomorrow at 6 a.m. So we're going to need a lot of Fed talk in the next 24 hours. We seem to be making some headway on our trade deal with China that some concessions are starting to be made. Last-second concessions, it should get done. Who knows? I hate speculation. If zips and butts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have, right? Um, elsewhere, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Markets are very little change today. Energy, financials, and materials are strong sectors. Real estate, consumer staples, and utilities are underperforming. Utilities and consumer staples. Staples are things that you have to have. Utilities are things you have to have, electricity, gas, and energy. They are considered safer investments. They're doing poorly today. So there's a kind of a 
Let's get in on the action thing going on. Big event coming up on the 14th in Burlingame. That's not this Thursday. It's the following Thursday. An event tied towards retirement and income. You can learn more about it at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to sign in and get in for free. 